If you're into homesteading, the next question you're asking yourself is, how can I make money homesteading? How can I get a little side hustle, a little extra income on the homestead? Because as soon as you start homesteading, you find out the cost of fences. And if you're one of those people, tractors and everything else that comes with a homestead. And all of a sudden you need a little bit of extra money. And if you could stay home and not leave the homestead, how much more could you get done? Today, we're diving in with Carrie Mann of Homestead How, as he shows us the ways that he makes income and doesn't have to leave the homestead, him and his family. They have some creative ways, some pretty cool ways, some you've heard of, some you haven't. Join us as we dive into this. Hey friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. All right, friends. Well, welcome today. We have amazing guest that I just met on a Reddit homesteading channel. His name is Carrie Mann with Homestead How. Go check out his YouTube channel. We'll put links in the show notes about that even more. But today we're talking about funding the homestead, I think is the best way to say this, Carrie. And why don't you give us just like the real quick what you guys are doing to fund the homestead and then we can kind of dive into it a little bit more. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been homesteading for about six years now and our primary business that we started when we first moved into our homestead was our Airbnb rental. We purchased a two family major, major fixer upper. We actually lived in the second unit while we fixed up the first unit. I think like a hundred people or so looked at her property and said, nope, no thanks. It's a beautiful property, but it needed a, a ton of work. So we fixed it up and our intention was to rent the upstairs unit out just traditionally, like a six, year, a six month or like a one year lease. But then we were kind of nervous because we're like, we just got this beautiful 20 acre homestead and we don't want to get maybe stuck with a tenant that maybe doesn't work out or kind of kind of wanted to move out into the middle of nowhere to get away from people a little bit. So we're like, let's try this Airbnb thing, especially six years ago, it was really picking up. And the interesting thing is we're about an hour away from any major city. Oh, wow. Um, So we were like, we're really out in the sticks here. So I don't know if this is even going to work out, but surprisingly, it took off pretty quickly. There is kind of a tourist area that's about 45 minutes from here. And we've had a lot of folks that have wanted to come that stay there, but they wanted to have a full house with, yeah. uh, with a kitchen and everything like that. So now yeah, we built the upstairs up. We started renting it out on Airbnb. That was five or six years ago. And it's been our, our primary source of income since then. And yeah, it's it's making way more money than we would have otherwise uh, had we rented it out, you know, on like a, a standard standard lease sort of monthly deal to someone living up there permanently. So Awesome. And you guys, do you have off the farm jobs or is it all like, I was kind of watching your like your video on side hustles, you know, and it seemed like by the time you stack up everything you got going on, that's like that that's how you're making your income. That's right. Yeah, we're very fortunate, very blessed. Uh, All of our income we make is entirely from the homestead. So the Airbnb is one part of that, but um, we have several other businesses that we run and all of them are entirely from here. We, We never have to leave. When we first moved here, uh, I was doing website marketing, search engine optimization. I've been doing that for years and I work from home doing that. And I still do that a little bit, but that's that was my primary business. And now it's probably the the smallest, maybe like 10% of our homestead business now. It's mainly just the, the Airbnb. 
and the Airbnb and some other businesses we run from home. So we've got the YouTube channel you mentioned earlier. We also built a small four-run dog kennel on our property. We did that about three years ago. That one is cool. Uh, I mean, so the YouTube channel, I feel like I've heard that, but like the dog kennel, like you said you use like, what was it, rover.com or something like that? Yeah, we've we've experimented with that, but it was interesting. The whole dog kennel probably wouldn't have came about if it wasn't for both Airbnb and YouTube. We had Airbnb and we'd have guests that would bring their dogs that they'd want to bring their dogs with and you could charge more on Airbnb, but then they'd want to go and spend the whole day in town and they didn't have anyone to watch their dogs. Oh, uh, yeah. And then on the YouTube side, we started really doing pretty well on YouTube and a company was willing to send us the roofing material in return if we did like a demo video, like an install. And we're like, geez, what do we need a roof for? And then we're like, well, a dog kennel would be kind of cool for the Airbnb. In reality, the dog kennel has been more for just other folks, not the Airbnb folks, people that live in town nearby. So yeah, it's been a nice little side business. We have uh, four girls and so we, we love animals here, but the girls all have... Like one of our girls helps clean the Airbnb. Another one we put in charge fully of like managing the dog kennel down to like the book work and oh, wow. track of the yeah. income. And she's even going out there and helping greet guests and things like that. Um, so giving them, teaching them sort of how to run the business themselves if they ever want to do that in the, in the future. I love that aspect of it. So we have four kids too, uh, three girls and a boy. And the boy is not, he's six and not ready for business yet. <laughs> right. But yeah, I love the entrepreneurial spirit. Like when you are able to like start handing them these businesses, like I'm like, man, what if someone could have handed me like a homestead <laughs> business, you know, starting out? I mean, that, that's a pretty powerful thing. Right. Well, and my girls, we actually have triplets plus one. Oh, wow. And- yeah, so it's hectic. It's pretty crazy here. And the triplets are just about to turn 15. And they actually, they, they got a job, a part-time job just recently. So they, they're kind of getting a taste for the real world and having yeah. a, a real job. So they're, some of them are anxious to get back. <laughs> to the job <laughs> kind of, They want to start their own business a little bit more now than they did in, in the past. But yeah, it's nothing but, like a, a medium to low income job to let you know what you, what entrepreneur is ism is so talk to me like and i don't know how to say this like the best way but the youtube channel like i know that's a big part of your income i also know that a lot of homesteaders are like i'm going to start a youtube channel and make a lot of money or they're like i could never start a youtube channel and make money like you kind of there's no like gray area you either meet one or the other and i don't run into a lot of people like sustaining sustaining themselves off of youtube so I'd like to just maybe sprinkle us with a little bit of reality on that so that, you know, people hearing that are like, you know, where, where are we with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm kind of torn on YouTube because I started doing YouTube. I've always enjoyed doing video work and editing. And when we moved into the homestead, like from day one, I started doing YouTube videos and in retrospect, like almost six years later, I'm so happy I did it because it's turned into a little bit of, well, it's turned into a really good side business, which I think we're very fortunate because right now, if I were to start over homesteading right now, I would still do the YouTube, but I would realize it's really, really competitive and it it's a tough, tough business. Of yeah. all the businesses I've run over the years, it's one of the harder ones. We're very fortunate that we started it earlier. But I would, if I were, if I were to start over, I would do it again because it's so much fun looking back. Like, hey, three years ago when we built the dog kennel, I've got all videos of that. That's uh, awesome. 
four yeah. years ago when the girls were just younger we were out like picking raspberries getting we got our first chickens because we moved from the city before becoming homesteaders so we always say it's our name of our channel's homestead how to learn with us because we're kind of rookies stumbling into uh, certain things homesteading wise but we we have all those videos documented, like when the girls were really young and little all the way up till, till now. And now they don't even want to be in any of the videos. But um, yeah, it, it's tough, but it, it can also be sort of passive. Like if you don't obsess about it, like I do, if I were to start over, I'd probably do it for that reason too. I think it could be really interesting if you were just starting out homesteading, detailing the entire process start to finish. Because oh, yeah. there's some, there's a lot of channels out there like, hey, we've been doing this for five years or that sort of thing. Or there's some that just specialize in chickens or some that just specialize in building projects. But seeing like a rookie start off from scratch to, to here, I think could be interesting. But I guess to be perfectly honest with people, though, it is tough. It's not going to be easy if you're, if you're just going into it to make money. I probably would have quit a long time ago, but I, I enjoy editing and I enjoy all the equipment. So some of our videos, we've got pretty good like drone footage and I've got like the gimbal stabilizer thing and all sorts of geeky photography equipment. I do like night photography and Milky Way shots and things like that too. So oh beautiful. Yeah. I'd probably do it anyways. It's interesting with some businesses what you think and then one ends up being reality because just circling back to the uh the Airbnb, like I said earlier, I would have thought we kind of want to get away from people. I'm not going to like having people here all the time. But the, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Airbnb has turned out to be just the opposite. We've had really, really cool people um, coming and, and then they leave. So it's just they're here for the weekend. And like I said, we're making more income than we would if we rented it out for the full month. Just having people here pretty much only on the weekends. In the summer, we do book up a lot more. But outside of the summer, it's just the weekend somebody's here. And we've met the coolest people and it kind of makes us appreciate our homestead more. I kind of, uh, we tend to take things for granted, like with our chickens and our goats. And we, it's, it's a beautiful place. We've got 20 acres here. So, but after a while and you live here every day, you tend to take it for granted and it becomes normal. Like, oh, those are just three goats out there. But then when the guests come, they're like, oh my God, these goats are amazing. And they're feeding the goats. <laughs> and they're like, you kind of relive it through them. We've had some cool people. We had a lady that was from, I think she was from France and she was an artist. She stayed here for like two weeks and we became really good friends with her. She actually painted us a picture sitting up on the balcony in her homestead. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've met, yeah, it's, it's been a really net positive. Like I wouldn't have changed it. We've only had one bad incident in the five years group of people that threw like a big party, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. It definitely worked out. I, when I talk to people and they say like, that's one of the big questions we get on our YouTube channel is how do you afford your homestead? Airbnb is one of those ways. And if I were to start over and buy a homestead now, I wouldn't buy one unless it had an opportunity to have some sort of Airbnb. I know that can be tricky, but we're lucky because we have a two family, but there's people that have attics or basements that they convert into like a mother-in-law suite. And yeah, if I were to start over, I would definitely do that again because it's it's great income. We've had a, we, we do most of the cleaning now because our girls will do it, but we had a cleaner for a while. So it's, it's I hate to say passive because then people are like, well, you're still doing work. You're still doing that. But there's really not much to do other than collect the money. And then the cleaner comes in between and cleans it up. And that's it. Half the time, we don't even meet the people. There's just a lockbox up there. And Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. You guys do like any kind of like farm experiences or tours? Like I know Airbnb has like kind of that whole side of things too. Yeah, a little bit. And I'm hoping to do a lot more. We have an outdoor wood burner that heats the entire property, including the rental. And we've been working really hard to add solar and so we'll give, uh, if they want to, we'll give folks like a tour. We'll show them the outdoor wood burner. We'll show them our solar setup, the dog kennel business. A lot of our, a lot of our guests, this is pretty weird, but a lot of our guests like to take our goats for a walk. 
<laughs> so, that's awesome yeah. yeah our goats will walk with folks just like a dog will like they'll follow you all around our trails throughout the whole 20 yards like they'll almost like feel oh, wow. next to you so it's, it's kind of interesting but, i met uh, a guy um it's been a couple of years ago but he had a goat walking airbnb business up in maine and oh wow he made like they didn't have a place that you could stay but they had a goat experience and you could go out there and walk with them through with through the woods with their goats and that's how they made that them primary income of their like farm was these goat walking tours like i mean it was like seven days a week he was walking wow. so yeah it's pretty pretty amazing yeah i should maybe do more of that we've been thinking yeah. of doing more of the tours and opening up the homestead like doing some weekend things we've been we've done a lot of upgrades recently we just got a big wood cnc machine to make signs that's another one of the businesses oh, nice. we do from our homestead my wife we have the homestead how channel and my wife does crafts so she started her own youtube channel and she makes signs with like her cricket machine awesome and so we upgraded, but she was thinking about doing like a weekend meetup, have a bunch of people over and teach them how to make like a custom wood sign, um, something like that, maybe. Yeah, I like that idea a lot, too. So I know like with I posted in a homesteading group, like, you know, what do people suggest about Airbnb? And a lot of people said, like, you've got creepy people coming out or you have people like trashing the Airbnb. You touched on that a little bit, but I mean, do you feel like that's something that you're concerned about or just in your experience, you just haven't had to deal with that at all? Yeah, I mean, we've had literally hundreds of guests here and we've only had the one bad experience. It was a mother and she said she's just having a little family get together for her son's graduation. And then there was about 50 cars outside and they threw a huge party oh, and wow. they, they did a bunch of damage up there before we, I was able to shut the whole thing down. Yeah. Um, so that was a horrible experience. But on the flip side, Airbnb has this million dollar host guarantee. And I think the reason they make it so exaggerated with the million dollars is because a lot of people, like you just mentioned, are worried about people trashing their places, but they honored the whole guarantee. Like I, actually in retrospect, I kind of hate to say this, but I'm kind of, I don't have any regrets. It, it was horrible that it happened, but we were able to, we took a bunch of pictures of the damage they did. They ruined the carpet. They ruined a couch. They ruined our screens upstairs. I know this isn't a good advertisement for Airbnb, but this is the one bad. This <laughs> no, is the I mean, one that's bad the experience. reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it people was, want to hear. Yeah. It was the one bad experience out of hundreds. And I think it was within like three weeks. We took some pictures. Airbnb just wrote us a check. We, we said, this is what it's going to cost to get a new wow. couch and everything. So we actually were able, in the end, I always try to be positive. Look at the bright side. It actually, yeah. in the end, it, we got some upgrades up there that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise for a while. Other than that, we haven't had a bad experience. It's been really good guests. Airbnb does a pretty good job at vetting people. You have to put your driver's license in and credit card and things like that. So yeah, you can really vet people. Like we'll look and see their past reviews to see if they've if they've been good or bad best uh, guests. So you can kind of see that way too. Yeah. Uh, there's some other sites similar to Airbnb be like vrbo and some other ones the vrbo one didn't seem to vet people as well and we just we turned that off i think like two years ago just because it was seemed a little sketchier like they don't ask for a credit card or uh, they don't ask for their identification like airbnb does oh wow okay so i was um, gonna ask that and then like there's like a hip camp and campsite and those have you ever tried anything like that we thought about it. Yeah. I just didn't for one reason, the place we live at is great, but the zoning rules around here are just crazy. One of the many businesses we've done in our homestead was like at year two, I built a tiny house because the Airbnb was doing so well. It's like, 
hey, we could build a tiny house and then rent that out. And we did that. I put it on the front of my property and we rented it out the first summer it booked up. It was just awesome. Great source of extra income. But then the city was like, no, you can't do that. You're, you're not zoned properly. And it was just a big, it's kind of a gray area with tiny houses because it's on wheels, but it's a yeah. house and you built it. We ended up selling that, but we've had a lot of similar issues. We, we tried to put in a hot tub for our Airbnb guests because you could rent, you get some more income that way. And it was like, Hey, cool. We can have a hot tub when the guests aren't here sort of thing. Yeah. And our city was like, no, you can't do that either. If the public is using the hot tub, it's got to be like a commercial one. We'll have to come out and test it once a week. And Oh man. Bunch, wow, of, bunch of nightmares, bunch of nightmares with the city. And we've, we looked into the, the camping thing too, and we could probably do it, but I'm sure they'd come knocking on their door. Anytime we make an update on our Airbnb, the zoning is like, hey, we noticed with the hot tub, it was like up on Airbnb for a week. And they're like, hey, we just happened to notice on your Airbnb, you added a hot tub. I was like, wow, that was quick. It's like, <laughs> they don't have anything better to do. And they're just scanning all the Airbnb listings or something there. So yeah. <laughs> we would have done the, the hip camp or some of the camping things otherwise, if it weren't, weren't for the zoning we have around here. So... I think one, one of the things that I love about your mentality and you start one of your videos this way is, and I'll, I'm going to let you say it because you say it better than I can, but for people that are thinking about getting started with a side hustle, you know, like the Airbnb or like, I just wish I would have started this earlier. Like I, I wish I would have gone into homesteading more with the mindset of making income. We kind of got there, but it wasn't our primary goal. But, you know, for people that are kind of on the fence, what, what's your suggestion or how, how would you suggest someone getting started? My biggest suggestion, yeah, which I think I said in the, one of the videos was um, just to do it. I, I have so many friends and family that are just like, oh, I could never do that. I could never do that. I'm like, yeah. I think that's the difference is sometimes I'm just, I'm a little ignorant or whatever. I'll just go in blind. Like, what, what's the worst that can happen? So I, in a lot of cases, I've started so many businesses that have failed too, but I'm glad that I tried them and failed versus never trying them because a lot right. of them have stuck. And like yeah. I said, right now, we're really fortunate to, we've lived here for six years. I've never had to leave to go to a job because it's just, we're being supported fully by our businesses on our homestead. I've had so many jobs that I hated too. So it motivates me a little bit more to start some of the side businesses. But yeah. I mentioned in an earlier video, one of my first jobs, it was actually a cool job. I was working in an Italian restaurant and I'm sure you've heard the story everyone has, but the the owner of the Italian restaurant, can't, his father started, it came from Italy with pennies in his pocket. I mean, you've heard the story like a million oh, yeah. times, but started up a business and that, that Italian restaurant supported like 20 of his kids for generations. So yeah. you hear that over and over again. I'm always thinking it's hard because like for me, the normal is going to college and then getting a job and then working and working and working. But it always seemed when I was younger, it always seemed like, oh, starting a business, I could I could never possibly do that. That seems so far-fetched, but then you have people from other countries, like the owner of that Italian restaurant that came with nothing and turns in, what did he do differently? He just went and did it. He didn't have any money or could hardly even speak the language and was able to do it. So yeah, um, that's the biggest thing is just jumping in and, and trying it and doing it. Yeah. I, I recently saw a quote, I, I think it was by Mel Robbins, but it said uh, the thing that is holding you back from getting to where you are is the thing that you're continually putting off, you know, like it, it's such a simple statement, but it's like, I've been kind of chewing on that over the week is like, you know, there's the, there's that thing that you think you can't do or that you've just been waiting to do. And that's, you know, that's where you need to go. I, I have yet to meet a homesteader. That's like, no, nah, I got enough income on the homestead. I'm, I'm good. You know, right. We're all trying to trying to fund it a little bit more. Well, yeah. one kind of interesting thing on that point too is 
in some of our uh, recent videos, we're, we've become really good friends with an Amish family that lives nearby. Oh, cool. And yeah, I've done like two or three videos. In fact, the one that I'm, I was editing it half the day today, but it's going live on Thursday. I went over, his name's William. They're just the nicest people in the world. I, I said, I want to learn more about the Amish horse and buggy. He said, oh, come on over. I'll take you for a ride. So he took me for a ride in the, in the buggy. And then he's like, gave me the reins and switched places and let me drive. Oh, it. man. It was so cool. I, I had like a million questions for them. Long story short, my point was, though, after um, becoming friends with William, it's been about a year and a half now, he's got 11 in his family. They are the ultimate business people, ultimate homesteaders, obviously. They, yeah. they grow all their own food. They had us over for dinner once. We're eating venison. They just hunted deer. And <laughs> awesome. um, they invited me over another time. I did a video on this. They did uh, ice harvesting. That's how they refrigerate their food all year off grid. We got oh. these big, it was the, the hardest day of work in my entire life. These big <laughs> 80 pound blocks of ice all day, pulling them out of a pond and then they put what? them in an ice shed. Yeah, it was really interesting, but sorry, I, I kind of tend to go on and on. But with the, the oh. most interesting thing was I met William in this Amish family. And then I've, I know like four or five other Amish families I've become kind of good friends with. Every single Amish person I met, they're just the most amazing business people. And if you think about it, like William has 20 horses and a wow. huge farm and he doesn't have any job like uh, like a yeah. traditional job like like we would so when it comes to homesteading so he i was just over at his place a couple of days ago he planted eighty thousand onion seeds in his greenhouse oh and gosh. that's one of his many businesses is he sells at the amish produce auction which is held like twice a week throughout summertime spring summertime that's one of his businesses but he trains horses they do wood cutting they cut down trees they have like an amish tree service he builds uh greenhouses for people and they build a horse and buggy. His son is 22 years old. His name's Nelson. He's the coolest guy I've ever known. I'm 42 and he's 22. And I'm like learning so much from him. He wow. speaks Pennsylvania, Dutch, German, English. He was a teacher at the Amish school for several years. He works on the woodcutting crew. He's like an expert level hunter. He, he, all of the food they kill, their family eats. I mean, it's not, nothing, none of it's for sport or anything. Yeah. They grow all their own food. So I've been learning so much from them. But that was one of the big realizations I had recently was like, these guys are uh, beyond all of that. They're expert business people because they, yeah. they still it's, they pay property taxes and they still go to the store and they still have to buy things, obviously. So, yeah, we always, we always preach on like the power of community too. Like, I think with Amish, especially like, they have such a powerful tight knit community that like, you know, that if you're not paying attention to your community and bringing community into what you're doing, you know, it's, you're missing a huge opportunity more than just financial, but yeah. Yeah. Know. So true. I wish that was one thing I wish I would have done differently when we first moved here is got to know, we have some neighbors who are a little far away, but since then I, I know them more, but if I would have done that from day one, year one, I would have learned so much more like, hey, we have really sandy soil here. What works for you and your garden right down the road versus me just yeah. putzing around and messing it up over and over again and just becoming friends with them too and talking to people nearby. I wish I would have done that a little bit better earlier, but yeah, that that's very true. One last point I want to kind of talk about is, and I'm not sure if you do this or not, but what about like your traditional homestead sales? So like the first thing is like summer is starting to peak and everybody's chickens are laying. A million eggs right now so people are selling eggs you know the salads and all of those things do you guys make income that way at all we have a little bit over the years but not recently we used to sell eggs a little bit we've really struggled on our garden so that's one of the big things that we've talked about in the past on our channel is homestead how learn with us big rookies when it came to gardening we have really sandy soil here so we've been yeah. struggling that's my biggest goal this year is to try to grow 
all of our own food. We've got two gardens going and my Amish friend, William, that I mentioned is going to be coming over here. So I'm like, I'm, I'm do, taking every precaution and every <laughs> trying to <laughs> do everything I can to be more successful this year. But we've yeah. done a little bit of that, but not much. Another thing that we could do is like selling firewood because we live on a 20 acre forest, basically. Oh, yeah. That's something I haven't done yet, but I may do in the in the future. Yeah, we we've dabbled in that a little bit. We have a, a campground right down the road from us. So I like put out a sign just by the road and put like a kind of an honor system. But you know, I think a lot of that when you start like running the numbers, it, it's just really difficult to actually make income off of like eggs or firewood. Maybe you could if you kind of upsold it some, but yeah. Those kind of things I just, I, I see a lot of challenge with, but I see a lot of people trying to make that their way that they make income on the homestead. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of why we've gotten away from it too. We started earlier and it's like not worth the effort in some cases, especially with like the eggs and the, the produce, but. Yeah. If it, if it's for like, I guess we've gone to the point where like, if it's for our family, like it's the best food you can grow, the most nutritious, you're saving on a doctor bill because your family's healthier. You know, there's all kinds of reasons to grow your own food, but uh, trying to sell it and make a profit is challenge. Wait, I guess I would say like start at Airbnb. It sounds like to me, you know, over putting out an egg stand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree for sure. Yeah. We've done other side businesses too, that have been more profitable, I guess, than some of those things, but I guess not all of them are really homestead related. Like I mentioned, my wife does the sign business. She also makes crafts and she sells them, um, this was another sort of interesting side business that took off, but she sells crafts at consignment stores nearby, which oh. we, I never would have thought would work. Cause like I said, we live out in the middle of nowhere, really small town, but there's one like consignment store in town and she's been making a really good side income selling at that one. And then she expanded to another one. Yeah. So we've got a lot of little sort of side businesses like that. We'll go to auctions and garage sales and buy stuff and sell it, uh, resell right. it, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, eBay, things like that. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. And I, I think what like what I'd like to do is just get some links from you on some of these YouTube channel, like some of these YouTube videos that you dive deeper into it. And we'll put those in the show notes because okay. I mean, a couple of those that I watch, you go into great detail and we don't, um, I think people should just watch those instead, but I appreciate your time. And I don't know anything else that you would say, or you feel like anything we've left out as far as someone starting a homestead side hustle homestead business yeah no i can't really think of anything else okay. yeah. like i said I, i'll i'll give you some of those notes or uh, some of the links for the youtube videos i guess one interesting thing with the youtube stuff is we also maybe we overshare a little bit but we're always very transparent so we're like here's the exact numbers here's how much money our airbnb makes here's how much money our dog kennel makes so we have some of that in the videos if people want to see more i i find that more helpful when i'm watching other people's videos versus kind of speculating so yeah no i i feel like as a viewer i appreciate the transparency because i I think a lot of times people like you have no idea how much people are making or if it's worth it actually to, you know, persevere or not. So yeah, I appreciate that part, but thank you so much. What's the best way for people to connect with you? Is it your YouTube channel or is there any, any other spots to go? Yeah. Yeah. YouTube would be the big one. Homestead How. There's a little contact us page on there. That's got my email address on it. If anyone wants to email or ask me any questions. I'm really good at answering. So feel free. I, I love hearing from people. Shoot out any questions you have anytime. Awesome. All right, everybody, check them out. Carrie Mann at the Homestead How. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Yeah. I hope you got huge value out of that. 
I hope that you are now chewing on a few ideas on how to get some side income started on the homestead, something outside of the uh, eggs on the side of the road. Nothing wrong with that, but there's so much more that we could be doing when we start thinking a little creatively. And the reality is that you can do it. Uh, get started today. Start mapping something out. Listen, if you need help with this, you got some ideas that you need a little bit extra help, want to run it by somebody, that's what the Homestead Audit is about. We love helping people think about ways to make income on the Homestead, how to dial in your Homestead so that it is performing at its peak performance, both financially, but also spiritually, emotionally, and physically. That's what we're here about. That's what the Homestead Audit is. Go to the schoolhouselife.com and click on the Homestead Audit button and we will get you taken care of. It's what we love doing. If you're local, we'll come out to your homestead. If you're not local, we'll do it online. Either way, we can help you. The schoolhouselife.com and click on the Homestead Audit button.